0: My name is Elizabeth West and I want to welcome you to the Worship Leader Toolbox podcast where our mission is to equip and encourage worship leaders and teams and practical components of local church worship. We're so thrilled to have you listening to our podcast and our prayer is that it will be helpful to you and your teams. If you have any thoughts or questions, feel free to reach out to us at worshipleadertoolbox.com. We'd also be honored if you would subscribe and share it with others. Heading now to today's episode
1: welcome today to the worship leader toolbox podcast so glad that you're here and i'm really thrilled to have scott box with us in the studio and what i mean by studio is zoom the <laughs> zoom you're always oregon and i would love just to have you introduce to the listeners uh, scott who you are in a nutshell and and um and then we're gonna talk a little bit about this book that you've written
2: you bet, Tim. Thanks for having me on. It's it's cool to to meet you via the internet for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm Scott Box. I have led music in churches for 25 years, uh, and prior to that, in high school, and like so many music leaders, I've been I've served in multiple churches and had many different experiences on platform, off platform. And then ultimately decided, Tim, in this last couple of years to come off platform because I felt like God was telling me to in order to write a book about my mental disorder, my, my mental illness and, and uh, journey through mental and to find mental health, if you will. And then also this kind of just really fascinating for me, it was fascinating threads of heroism, trying to define what the heck real heroism is like and then uh what true uh what true worship's all about so so this journey of finding mental health took me kind of those three threads of health and mental health uh worship and heroism
1: so yeah. that's me in a nutshell that is really awesome and just to uh, combine all those those are you know those are three um uh, heroism at least and worship is a big part of you know, a lot of people can resonate to that. And mm. then I think the world is growing in terms of resonating with aspects of mental health stuff and yeah. churches, yeah. especially too, which, which yeah. I think is good for everybody. But this, this book is, and I'm glad you're on the podcast today and we'll take a few minutes to visit here, but the book is called heroic disgrace and, um, remind me at the end, cause I'd love to make sure people know how to get a hold of this and I appreciate exactly. you sending me a copy to read. And, uh, I think that is really, really cool. But, um, what what made you open up about this whole mental health journey? Uh, what yeah. was kind of prompting you to do that?
2: I imagine that this Tim is something that we we all deal with. There was so I sold insurance for a, a couple years, and I remember getting in the car to drive home, and I get on Interstate Five. It's the North South thoroughfare that runs from basically Mexico to Canada. <laughs> and I would be in Portland, Portland, Oregon, and I'd hop on I-5 and I'd be driving to a, uh, an appointment or I'd be driving home from the office. And I'm like, God, is this all there is? I mean, it, it, this is a question we all have. Is is this all there is, just this to life? You know, is, is this all there is to life? Uh, because this, this is brutal uh, and I don't know I can't specifically speak to what was brutal, but it was the grind other than it was it was the grind. And no, it would have been those people. I would have labeled people, those people. So it would have been the stigma issue. It would have been, you know, those people that are mentally ill. It probably would have fallen in line with a just a label like that for me. Oh yeah, those people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I never really, I have, I never really thought about it. I, ne- I didn't, I didn't have friends who were struggling outwardly with mental illness, and so, yeah. I guess, I, I, I guess, I don't have a problem with it. I don't understand why the church has struggled with it. I do know that uh, I, I definitely, uh, from my background, my church background, uh, shoot. If anybody committed suicide or death by suicide, however they say it these days, I, I it was, uh, yeah, that person was really selfish, and that's the most selfish thing you could possibly do. There was, there was no sense of understanding somebody's sickness. That the sickness in their mind is what what led to the sick thoughts, which then led to the sick actions. It, none of that seemed to make sense to the
1: church back then. So I. I don't know yeah i remember the first time that i mean that's a that's that's a tough conversation all the way around but i remember the oh first yeah it dawned on me that a person would death by suicide or whatever the phrase yep, right. is and right they that right really weren't even wouldn't even themselves like when that they weren't
2: occurred. no and that that's in my experience i wasn't myself when i started to have those thoughts mm. I, I i thank god that my that i didn't lose I didn't lose hope, but I forgot to hope. <laughs> I think that was the that was the weird thing in that moment when I look back on it. I just I forgot to hope. And I was sick. I wasn't Scott Box. I was I was sick.
1: So I um, yeah, that's all that's that's really interesting. <laughs> I, I wonder if, and this is off script a little bit from my questions, but I wonder yeah. if um, there and, and of course also to our listeners, I'm not a counselor for sure. I don't know all the, you know, I don't know all the uh, medical technical things here with all this, but um, I just wonder if there's more prevalence of the things that spur on mental illness and create <laughs> conditions for that in the artist's lives. Oh. I mean, just the stage in general and the people pleasing type stuff. I know you wrote about that in the book and yeah, you know, I just wonder if there, is it is more susceptible to it.
2: Boy, you, you, you might be onto something. Absolutely. I, uh, the people pleasing side is a trap. Uh, that's a dangerous trap that I've, I've stepped in and I continue to, I'm way less, uh, susceptible these days, which is great. Uh, and certainly more healthy. Uh, but no, nah, I'm still, I'm still susceptible.
1: Well, the Lord uses you know our weaknesses, and you know right. people pleasing. In one sense, is, I mean, you're you're more sensitive to what people are thinking, and and able to lead well, people better. And all yeah, that, it's the, right. It's the, the blessing. Help on that words. side, and then then it kind of goes a wall, and then you've got this whole other can of yes. worms that you're dealing with. So boy, that's so true. I I think that Tim, t-
2: for me, the the issue is, I mean, this is this is what I tried to. This is what I tried to accomplish. Uh, ultimately, when when I when I realized how I, I was trying to understand what is there more to life than this and and all of that, I I kept coming back to how do I achieve health in my life? How do I how do I really harness hope, <laughs> and 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 then whatever true heroism is? I I, I needed and so so ultimately kind of. I'll spring us to this concept then of, of worship, how it intersected with worship for me is I realized that I couldn't just lead music anymore. I needed to, I needed to figure out a lifestyle of worship because that it wasn't working for me. Just leading music wasn't it. I was a creative who was stumbling all over myself for whatever reason, fill in the blank, whatever reason. And Mine just happened to be a mental disorder that I was, I was in a lot of ways, self-medicating. Uh, and, and that's, you know, other, there's other issues with that, but I just, I knew that I needed to get to a win, which was this lifestyle that Jesus was, had lived and was, I, I, I thought was calling me into, and, and that's kind of what I've, I've talked about and living a, a worship hero story and then a, a lifestyle of what I would call a heroic disgrace.
1: So it's awesome. And, and this whole tagline of the book chapter or whatever in here is um, order out of chaos and hope out of fear. Like yeah. if you're trying to pull, you know, some kind of answer out of what is life all about or yeah, the functional side of song leading to actually being free to have yeah, a style of worship. I mean, in some ways it is true. If you, if you're putting everything on, you're basing everything on some functional thing, that's not very right. spirit filled. I mean, a lot of people can, you know, yeah. have the tools to do something, but it, it's just right kind of hollow. Well, um, so this whole idea of heroic worship and just, you just brought up the intersection of that. Yeah. What, what kind of, I mean, we're talking here on this podcast to, uh, several people i'm not sure how many but if you're listening we're glad and um and we're talking to people that potentially are guitar playing singer folks or keyboard leading singer people who are dealing with a lot of volunteers and probably day jobs and a lot of pressure and a lot of things so what does it really look like practical kind of thing of somebody saying gosh yeah i'm i'm kind of in the the functionality of it or i'm dealing with my own depression or whatever might be in our lives yeah. that we're kind of not wanting to share because we're supposed to be the ringleader that knows it all yes and it all. right. And, um so what kind of what kind of hope can they find in this heroic kind of worship life yeah uh, just some yeah like that. oh no tim that is so
2: that's so oh i love this because here's the thing i would imagine most of us worship leaders if we're honest with ourselves will stand on platform and go okay that either that you know the 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 performance side of it either went really well or it really stunk this week (laughs) you know whatever it was it train wrecked or it was amazing the spirit showed up you know just those things we've we've all lived that and i think what what i struggled with eventually especially in the most in this most recent years was i kept going god does my does my worship on sunday mornings in in my particular case it was sunday mornings uh does my worship actually make a difference in people's lives like is their life actually being changed uh, by my music and the answer was always no <laughs> I mean, I, I just, I've got to be honest. I'm not that good of a musician. I'm not that good of a singer. I'm good. I'm serviceable, but I'm just not that good. And, 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 and so I just kept coming back to him to this thing of worship doesn't mean to me what I think it means to Jesus. And I kept, I kept realizing that I needed to look to Jesus for what the definition of, of true worship was. And so I went on this hunt for what that meant. And anyway, I, I, can, I can wrap this up with just simply saying this. I looked to Jesus, Tim, and I saw that uh, Jesus defined worship effectively by the way that he looked to the Father for everything. <laughs> like everything he did, his entire life was based on His relationship with the Father. So, worship all of a sudden meant something to me that was way bigger than what I was leading. I was leading music. Mm -hmm. That's all. That's really what I was doing. I was just leading music, which is cool. But at the end of the day, that's if based on Jesus's worship, that's incomplete. That's incomplete worship. And I needed a different form of worship. I needed what I call a heroic worship. I needed to live like Jesus a heroic, uh, a worship hero story, if you will. And yeah. here's the, twi- here's the, the mighty twist. The mighty twist is that Jesus defined heroism in a way that the world didn't understand. And we know that he, he, he flipped it upside down. The world's definition continues to be in so many ways. Somebody has to lose in order for the hero to win <laughs> the, the hero wins. Well, Jesus Jesus was a, he was the biggest loser ever for goodness yes. sakes. And we call him the great hero. I mean, so, so I needed that kind of worship all of a sudden in my life, which is why I had to come off platform to figure this out. I want to help other people, not just non-worship leaders, but the worship leaders themselves.
1: Mm-hmm. So uh, that's, that's awesome. That's a, that's really a hope-filled kind of answer. And uh, yeah, <laughs> you, man, people know, know that winded but i know that was long-winded i'm sorry oh no that's good and i think people just need to um you know leaders christians in general especially leaders and probably especially worship leaders if um if if we're not it, it's so easy just to intertwine you know to kind of have our music leading kind of become the equation of what how spiritual we are and and it's some of my little gripes every now and then and people on the podcast have heard about it that you know, the newer yeah. the song, the more spiritual. I mean, how in the world could that be? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> how right. can that be? Or, you right. know, if you're wearing white tennis shoes, then you're on top of the game. And if you're not, yes. you know. Yeah, and, tight, skinny jeans. Yeah, and I yeah. don't want to poke fun at styles. People can, you know, they come no. and go. But of course, but there's of course. definitely a, uh, there's definitely just a sense that you could, there's there's a lot of outward things you can base it on. And the church also is watching your ministry play out publicly every single week. And so there's every a lot to that. that um, every single week. So the idea that if if you can almost separate that in a sense and say my worship is you know looking to the Father for everything that's a powerful image and then music is just a byproduct. <laughs>
2: yes. So.
1: Yeah, but but the church hasn't taught us worship
2: leaders that that's the case. Uh, it, they, in a lot of ways, the church uses us for what we can do for it, yeah. which which isn't bad. Again. It's not bad. It's just incomplete. It's,
1: yeah. It's, yeah. And, and also, you know, it's definitely incomplete if you put it that way based based on even the terminology. Like, most people will say the worship was good. Like, that's an interesting, you know,
2: take. Oh, it drives me crazy. My kids do that too. They'll come back from, from, yeah, their youth group, and I'm driving them home and uh, how was worship tonight? Worship was great. And I'm just like, oh. No, is your lifestyle great? You know that's of course, and
1: I'm not gonna, I don't, I don't chirp at them or anything. It's just yeah, well, I, I, it's just it's well said. Uh, continually teach them. So, so you mentioned this a couple of times. Will you go back? How will it look when you go back to the platform after taking yeah. a couple of years off to write a book or engage with people or maybe speak about it or whatever? Kind yeah. of open up about this. What's next in terms of? that?
2: So I've created some tools that I think are are valuable for so the entire concept of hero also had an acronym connected to it. Uh, just basically it's hope, expect rest obey. And it's this cycle of hope. So the hope is in Christ. The expectation is that he's going to come through. You got those two things in order. You're going to find rest in your life, which is somebody for somebody like me. I, (laughs) I, I needed rest bad, uh, especially when you deal with the hypomanic stuff in in uh, b- bipolar disorder, manic depressive. Uh, rest is something that's very difficult to find, but then when you when you experience that hope and that expectation and that rest, obedience becomes something that just is. It's not easy, but it becomes uh, it, it's a it becomes a, a habit, a lifestyle that. Uh, so what's next? I need to lead people. And, and I, I look forward to where this goes with maybe working with other worship leaders to, to help them understand that if they're, if they're leading music, they're leading an incomplete worship experience for their church. Uh, but, but if they are able to, in some capacity, whether it's just their worship teams or, it expands into the broader church community, uh, the, even the local community. If they're creating witnesses, if somehow their worship is creating witnesses, that's it. That's the thing. That's, that's what this is. This, we, this is how we can draw people into worship hero stories, telling, telling stories with their life. That yeah. is a worship hero story. But it's that witness component that i have to get to that's my next thing um guiding people to lead
1: yeah sorry go ahead I was, I was gonna say that's basically the second part of the great commission that we would be witnesses to all the i mean the whole idea of people yeah. living that out of worship every day allowing people to see that
2: yeah well and i think we, as musicians uh tim we can we could do this through our music this is why this is why it's it has driven me kind of bonkers <laughs> that the local church has abdicated its role in creating its own music uh, we rely on the elevations and the uh, i mean fill in the blank the hill songs yeah. uh, just to provide us with the music and i call i call bs on that man pardon me but i just it drives me crazy that we have now okay let me back up and just say this i realize a lot of our people including myself at times we are volunteers and we are part-time we're part-timers and and i get that even the creative energy to create our own some of us just aren't songwriters i get that but that's just an example of how can we how can we as music leaders spur that new life into our communities well one of those ways is by creating our own music and our own
1: songbooks just as an example yeah and 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 even you're mentioning of people being part-time and volunteer and all those things uh they even when it's rough around the edges the lord uses the authenticity oh, of stuff so-, so you can have a, a low production low budget in some ways terrible song that's heartfelt and coming from a position of humility and then you can have the reverse of great production and great music and great everything and it's kind of just there and um and all, you know it comes back to the whole idea of heart and all that stuff yeah. well there's a um it's, it's been great to visit with you and a couple of things one is um, as we kind of wind down here one is just. From somebody who has experienced bipolar and mental illness, and and I know I know it's prevalent, but you've you've written a book about it, and so you've kind of stepped forward to say, okay, um, I'm I'm uh, sharing my story. Mm-hmm. So, what kind of um, what, what kind of statement or or thought would you share with somebody who might be in ministry? and aren't even sure if they're dealing with something like that. Like, what is a step that you take without creating, you know, uh, you know, just without like opening a can of worms or something. I don't know. I don't know what it would be, but it's like people yep. under the radar almost. So like, what, what would be something that somebody would, what actually would somebody take?
2: Yeah. Okay. Two thoughts. One is a very practical uh, step that sadly takes about <laughs> three months you, you, you make a phone call to a counselor, just set a, uh, an appointment with the counselor. And the sad part about that is that it won't be this week or next week. Generally, it's counseling is hard to find these days. COVID has uh, given them a long term job. <laughs> yeah. And I mean that in, a, in probably the most healthy way. Actually, uh, counseling has saved my life uh, and and Christian counseling. Uh, I have a female that I meet with and my wife and I, if if folks are married, that's uh, do it together, do it together. If if you have the relationship that can support that uh, mm-hmm. together, do it together because you'll have an even more. Uh, it's amazing if you do more bang for the buck because then you more bang for the buck. For the buck. Yeah. Well said, Tim. <laughs> and then I'd say the second thing is this. Here's. As as a Christian myself, who then had my world turned upside down uh, and I was worried about cussing on platform, (laughs) you know, it's like, wow, man, I can't say that into the mic. I can't say that into the mic. Uh, I, I got to this point where the miracle of my mental illness was this, that Jesus didn't heal me. Uh, I don't expect that I'm going to be healed, but bipolar disorder helped me realize that that i can be healthy (laughs) and uh, but in order to be healthy tim i needed to realize that and this is kind of the central key to everything that i i'm talking about is that i needed to become dependent on jesus in a way i was designed to be dependent on jesus not that i just needed more jesus in my life but you and i all of us worship leaders We've been designed to rely on Jesus. No more should we and must we be self-made, self-reliant people that just, and we're not pretending that we need Jesus. No, we need Jesus and we were designed to need him. That's what my hope is for anybody that's struggling is to hear, yep, struggle why because you're supposed to
1: <laughs> and the answer is mm-hmm. not yourself it's jesus yeah yeah it's really it's really good and um you know really it's the it, it, it's been around as long as when jesus is on earth but it's the desperation factor if oh. if you feel like you are in control and everything's good then how are you going to know you need jesus and 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 i know at times in my life when i've dealt with various things i i just look around i'm like why am I not enthused or happy about this? Because gosh, I have the family and house and this and that and everything, you, can kind of, you can't even like, you can't even find a, a checklist thing that's necessarily wrong. And that's not everybody's life. I mean, some people have, you know, every checklist you can find and, and they're like dealing with a whole other set of things and, and right. God's grace can still prevail. But um, then I just look at that and I'm like, wow, that, that, that if you feel like you have everything you need, then it's really tough to determine that God is gonna fill your need. Right. Well, I mean, it's really our pain that
2: reminds us that, that we need Christ to, I I mean, and, and it's not our job to end the pain. It's our job to go through the pain. I mean, and that's, that's kind of the gift of pain. It stinks, but the gift of pain is it reminds us that we, that we need, we need Jesus. (laughs) I mean, there's more to say about that, but absolutely
1: well said, Tim. I love that. Well, it's been awesome to talk with you, and um, opened up several different directions here. And if somebody wanted to connect with you, um, you know, is there like the is it easy place, or is there like several places? <laughs> or how do they get yeah. this book, or how do they just reach out to you and say, "Hey, I, yeah, uh, loved hearing this, or whatever"? What how do they do? Yeah,
2: it? you bet. Well, everybody uh, get a hold of Tim, and then you know. <laughs> no i i you can find me uh, most of my work is uh, my communication is uh, uh, worship hero on facebook and that's that's really where the community is starting to gather which is really fun uh heroic disgrace.com is where you can find the book and uh it's it's my story that's that's all it
1: is it's just a story yeah so yeah it's good and i um I uh, appreciate getting a chance to look through it. And, and Thank you. I'll add it to my list of books that I've read this year. <laughs> oh, right uh, on, man. So three, right on. Two years back, I got challenged to read books, and I hadn't done it in a long time since school. Yeah. And so then I yeah. started, and it's been really, really neat.
2: Oh, it's but, healthy for it for sure.
1: Yep. All right. Well, you mentioned um, we're, we're, we're basically officially done, but you mentioned uh, you have a 17-year-old. and Yes, yes. Any other kids?
2: Yeah. So Ainsley's our 17 year old and Titus is our 14 year old. He's got baseball today, even. So it's a cold day here in central Oregon. It's sunny, but it's cold. And so I'm not super looking forward to going out to the game
1: today. But <laughs> that's cool. And and how long have you been married?
2: Twenty three years. Twenty-three.
1: Wow. Twenty-three. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I feel like I'm looking in the mirror on that because we've been married about twenty-three years and we have a sixteen-year-old and a twelve year old. Two yeah. two girls. Well you have got you've got good hair. See, I, I don't have hair anymore,
2: man. And you can grow a beard. I can't do that either.
1: Well, uh, I mean, you're in style though, that's for sure. <laughs> not not intentionally. <laughs> oh man. Well, hey, well, it's great to connect with you, Scott, and uh look forward to Uh, staying in touch and um and i appreciate your heart and and your witness and uh and all the various things that you've encouraged us with and so uh bring a blessing on your life so thank you yep
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of the Worship Leader Toolbox podcast. We're praying for you and for all our listeners as we keep making an impact in the lives of worship leaders and worship teams around the globe. Before you go, we'd also like to let you know that we have two other podcasts through our ministry. One focused on ministry leadership is called Go Harvest, and the second one is a weekly five-minute devotion called Faithful Friday. You can find out more at harvestministryteams.com slash podcast or go to the link in the show notes.